the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sponsored by the Law Office of Robert Bergman. Welcome to Plan Your Estate Radio with your host, San Jose Estate Planning Attorney Bob Bergman. Bob's been practicing law for over 30 years and is certified by the State Bar of California as a legal specialist in estate planning trust and probate law. Bob is here to help you set your house in order with valuable insights you can use today to prepare a better tomorrow for your loved ones. And now your host for Plan Your Estate Radio, Attorney Bob Bergman. Good afternoon, Bay Area. If you're listening to this on Friday, November 22nd, 2019, you're listening live. If you're listening to this on Friday, November 29th, uh, you're listening to this as a recording from last Friday. Uh, I say this because on the 29th, my family and I will be down in Southern California, and uh, I think that what I'm going to be covering today is important enough information for people out there that uh, having it rebroadcast a week later is not a bad idea. Uh, I want to let you know also I'm not taking any uh, calls today. I'm just going to be presenting information today for everyone here in the Bay Area and any of you who may be listening uh, streaming KDOW 1220 AM on your uh, Android or iPhone. And uh, just to kind of put this all in perspective, uh, I've been on the air about um, 15, 16 months now, and I've the topics I'm going to cover today I have covered in the past, but I think it's useful to revisit them on a fairly regular basis. So what I'm going to be talking about today um, for the first half of the show is um, is what happens when uh, people have done an estate plan many years ago and then especially this especially applies to married couples and one spouse has passed away and now the surviving spouse is left with this trust that was done many years ago and uh, maybe has never read the trust document maybe recalls uh, going to meet with an attorney or with a paralegal or some company selling annuities that came through the area and threw together an estate plan and uh, doesn't really have any idea what the trust says and then maybe finds out for the first time that the trust says something that was completely unexpected. Let me give a little background here. Now, I've been practicing law since about 1980, which is when I was admitted to the State Bar of California. And uh, within a couple years of starting the practice of law, I got involved in estate planning. And in that time frame, a new law went into effect at the federal level that put um, kind of two things in place. The first one was an unlimited deduction, what's called the marital deduction, 
for property passing from one spouse to another spouse so that uh, in most cases, with some exceptions, a surviving spouse could inherit an unlimited amount of property from a spouse that had died without the imposition of something called the federal estate tax, or what I commonly refer to as the death tax. I refer to it as the death tax because it's a tax that applies after you die. It doesn't mean that you did something like sell property or invest or get interest or dividends or something like that that you have to pay tax on. This is a tax that's imposed just because you died. Now, back in 1981, uh, tax law went into effect. This was in the Reagan administration, for those of you old enough to remember that. Um, Back in 1981, a new law went into effect that had an unlimited deduction for property passing to a surviving spouse, meaning that there was no tax at all, and then for property passing to someone other than a surviving spouse, such as children or grandchildren or parents, brothers, sisters, or even just uh, friends, there was a $200,000 exclusion. Now, it was technically a tax credit against the taxes that you'd otherwise have to pay, but we found it was easier to talk about it as a $200,000 exemption or exclusion. Now, the law that went into effect started raising that dollar amount over the next several years. It went from two to three to four to five to $600,000. Then it was scheduled to move up to $700,000, but Congress came back and froze it at $600,000. Now, what that meant is this was actually an exclusion available to everybody who was a U.S. tax resident. Uh, That would be citizens of the United States, but it could also be non-citizens who were permanent residents and uh, live and work here and pay taxes here as, uh, as taxpayers Um, both to their state and to the federal government. Now, the $600,000 limit way back then, and we're now talking like the late 80s, so this is quite some time ago. Even here in the Santa Clara Valley, where I practice, a $600,000 estate for a married couple was not that unusual, even that long ago, because someone's house in, say, Willow Glen, it might have been worth uh, $250,000 or $300,000. They may have had life insurance of a substantial amount. Uh, At the same time, there may also have been um, investment accounts, retirements, things like that. So it was not unusual for a married couple to have more than a $600,000 estate. Now, I bring this up because Back in the day when we did living trust planning, we wanted to make sure that both of the exclusions available to a husband and a wife could be used by them and would not be lost when property gets passed on to the next generation, typically children. What this meant was if you had an $800,000 estate, but everything was left to the surviving spouse, Then when the surviving spouse died, there was an $800,000 estate, and they only had an exclusion of $600,000, which meant the, quote, extra, close quotes, $200,000 
was taxed at a very high estate tax rate by the federal government. Now, this is why back then and for many years afterwards, estate planning attorneys such as myself would typically create what was called an A.B. marital trust. It was a trust designed that when the first spouse died, their share of the trust assets would be segregated out and put into a special irrevocable trust that we called a bypass trust. And the bypass trust would be the deceased spouse's share of property. It would be irrevocable and it would pay income and principal if needed to the surviving spouse. But it was called a bypass trust because when the surviving spouse died, the property in that trust was not part of their taxable estate for estate tax purposes and therefore um, would not be subject to that estate tax if there was too much estate at that time. This is very common. It was probably the most common form of living trust planning back in the 80s and then even in the 90s, even to um, the late 90s. Um, and in the late 90s, the uh, the estate tax exclusion started going up. Um, it, it went up actually to 675 and then went to a million dollars, then a million and a half, then two million, and then three and a half million dollars. Now, this becomes incredibly important when you look at where we're at today. So what I'm going to do after the first break of the show today, I'm going to come back and talk about these AB trusts, why we use them, and whether or not they're still beneficial to use today. So when we come back after the break, keep that focus right there. The type of planning that, by the way, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, married couples, still have trusts like what I'm going to describe. You're going to find out in the second half of the show whether or not that's still a good idea. I mean, in the second half of this first segment. So I'll talk with you after the break. This is attorney Bob Bergman. See you soon. This is Plan Your Estate Radio with San Jose estate planning attorney Bob Bergman on AM 1220 KDOW. Hi, welcome back. <clears throat> Before the break, I was talking about the uh, the law in the past dealing with the federal estate tax and how um, back in the 80s and the 90s, there was a low exclusion from that tax for property that was being left to someone other than a surviving spouse. Well, if we move forward, uh, we can see that um, in the 2000s, the uh, exclusion from the tax started going up. Uh, in 2008, for example, it was a $2 million estate. In 2009, it went up to $3.5 million, uh, $3 million with a maximum tax rate of 45% for anything that you might have over $3.5 million. Then in 2010, for that one year, the law had the death tax being repealed. Now, what that actually meant was, was that, for example, the family of New York Yankees owner George Steinbrenner, uh, they didn't have to pay any death tax at all in that year. He's a billionaire, and he died that year. 
And there was at least three other billionaires who died that year where their families would not have to pay that death tax. But unfortunately, that year, what I referred to at the time as the eye of the hurricane, where everything was calmed down and uh, and there was there was no death tax, it was going to return January 1 of 2011, dropping back to an exclusion of a million dollars and tax rates from 41 to 55 percent for estates larger than that amount. Well, what that meant was in the year 2010, unfortunately, people that had trust designed for having larger estates, if they wanted to have their estate divided into um, a trust for the survivor, the trust A, what we call the survivor's trust, and then the trust B, the bypass trust, most trusts drafted relied on there being an actual death tax in effect in order to determine how much went into a bypass trust. If the death tax doesn't exist at that time that someone died, then that bypass trust never gets anything put into it, which might be what the family wanted if they had a larger estate. It also meant, however, that many families um, that that uh, had that type of trust and had someone die, they were actually grateful that there was no death tax in effect because they wouldn't want to divide the estate. They didn't have a large estate to begin with, and dividing it into two pieces to plan for a death tax that wouldn't apply because the estate's not large enough, that made no sense at all. But then what happened is Congress decided to fix everything again, and they put in a uh, a new law at the end of 2010, and this put the estate tax back in place for 2010, but with a $5 million exemption. Then it extended that death tax through the end of 2012, again with a $5 million exemption, which actually increased um, in the, the next couple of years. It was indexed for the next couple of years and a maximum estate tax rate of 35% instead of the higher rates they had in the past. Then what happened was there was yet another change, and this change kind of made the the larger exclusion from the death tax, quote, permanent, I'll put that in quotes, with a 40% tax on estates larger than that amount. So we ended up then in 2017 with the exclusion being $5,490,000 with a 40% tax rate on estates larger than that amount. But then now in the Trump administration, we had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017. And what that did was, besides um, cutting some income taxes, it also raised the exclusion from the estate tax or the death tax to an astonishing $11.2 million index for inflation in later years. Here in 2019, it's $11.4 million. Um, January 1 of next year, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, it's $11.6 something million. Now, Obviously, most families don't have estates anywhere near that size. And what this does is it really affects the type of planning we do for married couples today. 
the older AB marital trust that I've been talking about, that trust actually requires the division of the property into two pieces when the first spouse dies. Well, if you have a two or three million dollar estate, that makes no sense at all when the exclusion is eleven point four million dollars. At the same time, um, for larger estates, you might want to keep that kind of plan in place. But I find probably ninety nine point nine percent of all of the couples I deal with now, they don't need or want to have an AB marital trust, and yet that is the most common trust I see when people come into my office to have me review their previous estate plan. I find a lot of people have no idea that their trust does that. It was never explained to them when it was prepared. Um, It was a one-size-fits-all. Everybody gets the same trust, and it applies whether it's appropriate or not. Now, I bring all this up because I believe that most married couples now, unless they have very large estates, should do a different type of living trust planning, what I call the spousal option or disclaimer trust. And what this does is if the property is divided between a survivor's share and a deceased spouse's share, the deceased spouse's share could either go directly to the survivor and then have the survivor have the option to divert some or all of that into a bypass trust if there's an estate tax reason to do that, or it could be diverted into an irrevocable trust called a marital Q-tip trust that provides for the surviving spouse. It provides asset protection for the surviving spouse, but it is at the same time considered part of the surviving spouse's estate when the surviving spouse died. See, one of the major drawbacks of a bypass trust is anything you put in there that could be revalued at death for income tax purposes, for capital gains, it stays at the value it was when the first spouse dies. And later on, when the surviving spouse dies, if you sell that property in the bypass trust, it's going to probably have taxable gain for income tax purposes. Whereas if it went to the survivor or went to a marital Q-tip trust, it would get revalued to the date of death value for when the surviving spouse died. Well, that's kind of a summary right there. I suggest if you want more information, you can go to my YouTube channel, Law Offices of Robert P. Bergman, and watch my Living Trust Seminar there. It has, I think, over 56,000 views, and I explain this um, in some detail, but I mainly talk about um, living trust planning in general. Now, we're coming up on the mid-show break. After the break, I will either continue on with some more discussion of, of the AB Marital Trust, or I'll likely move on to the next topic for the second half of the show. So, this is estate planning attorney Bob Bergman, Plan Your Estate Radio host on 1220 KDOW. I'll get back to you after the mid-show break. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio with attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back. Now, before the break, I was talking about uh, changes in the federal estate tax laws and how they impact living trust planning done by married couples here in the state of California. 
Um, it has been my experience that the vast majority of the trusts brought in by couples who want to have me review their trust to see whether or not there's changes that should be made, the vast majority of them, if they've been done more than 10 or 15 years ago, they are outdated and they may actually even be kind of dangerous to the family because of income tax benefits that could be seriously lost. And uh, in some cases, uh, real property um, reassessment exclusions that could be lost as well because of the way the trusts are drafted and how property is being left to children and possibly grandchildren as well. Now, I'm going to extend an offer right now here, subject to being withdrawn at any time if it gets ridiculous. But if you are a married couple and uh, you have an existing trust, if you would like, you may fax or email a copy of that trust to me, and I will take a look at it, and I'll respond back to you and let you know what type of trust you have and if it's the type of trust that I've been talking about on the show today. So if you want to email to me, which is preferable, scan and email, email it to me at radio at lawbob.com, L-A-W-B-O-B.com, Give me um, uh, your name in the email and a a good contact telephone number for you uh, so that I know who who this is coming from and I can get back to you. And uh, unless it gets ridiculous and I get bombarded by hundreds of requests, um, I'll be happy to take a look at that trust and then let you know whether or not I think you should come in and meet with me and talk about updating and revising and redoing uh, redoing that trust for you. So that's an offer I'm, I'm extending right now, subject to being withdrawn um, without notice at any time if I get overwhelmed. But um, email your trust to me with your name and a good telephone number, and I'll take a look at it for you and get back and let you know what type of trust you have and whether it's one that may be seriously affected by the current estate tax rules. Now, kind of jumping off on that, if you are a surviving spouse, your spouse has already passed away and you're looking at the trust and you realize that you have one of these AB trusts that requires you to split the assets between a share for you and a share in an irrevocable trust that's also for your benefit, but it's separate from you. Well, uh, you may wonder, is there a way that that can be changed now that my spouse has passed away? Um, Clearly, if we were both still alive, we could come to you, Bob, and you could redo things for us and kind of correct these problems that are there because of changes in the tax law. And the answer is yes. Um, I regularly assist uh, surviving spouses actually around the state of California who have this situation and they do not want a bypass trust and their children who are the beneficiaries ultimately of that bypass trust don't want it either because they don't want to lose the income tax benefits that flow from having the surviving parent actually own the property later on at death. Then uh, I do something else regularly. I actually go to court 
uh, under a section of the probate code of the state of California that permits an otherwise irrevocable trust to be amended or modified through court action. So I can go to court if you haven't split things yet, if you haven't administered the trust, I can go to court and surgically remove the sections of the trust that require you to actually um, actually divide the trust into two pieces. And then the, the judge will sign an order to that effect saying that uh, you don't have to divide the trust. If you've already divided the trust and you now have you now have a bypass trust and you're concerned because you're now finding out uh, from me that anything in that bypass trust that's what we call a capital asset, meaning one that can be um, revalued for income tax purposes when someone dies and have the income tax value raised to a date of death value so that if the asset is sold, it is not subject to income tax. All the equity buildup over the years, the growth and the value can be eliminated from income taxation because of the way the tax laws work. Well, if you're concerned about that, I can also go to court and not necessarily undo that trust, but put a special provision in that trust that will cause that property to be included in your estate when you die. And if it's part of your taxable estate when you die for the federal estate tax, it also is eligible to be revalued to the fair market value on the date that you die so that it's passed on at that higher value to your loved ones and they can now sell or liquidate the property and and basically completely avoid paying any income tax on the growth over the years. So I call that a trust modification petition. Uh, if you have that situation and you'd like to talk with me about that, you can always email me at radio at lawbob.com. You could call my office at 408-247-0444, or you could visit my dedicated website that talks about this issue. It's called irrevocabletrustdoctor.com. Irrevocable Trust Doctor is all one word followed by dot com. And uh, and at that website, I discuss the issues I've been talking about here with these trusts, which I consider now to be broken today because of the changes in the estate tax law. They're actually broken and broken things are often dangerous. Uh, they can cut you. They can break. They can break down more. You can have an accident. And I consider older trusts to be for the most part, broken trusts. And and if it's too late to fix it while you're both alive, there's still a way to fix it after one spouse has passed away. So if that's something that you're concerned about or you'd like to talk with me about, email me, give me a call, or else go to irrevocabletrustdoctor.com. Now, a closely related situation that comes up involving trusts is uh, what happens when someone who had a trust has now passed away and the family says, okay, now we have to administer this trust. And they come to discover that one or more assets of the person who died are not actually owned by their trust. I find that the most common asset where that's the case is someone's personal residence. 
and this is what happened. They set up the trust. They transferred the title or ownership of their residence into the trust ownership. Then some time goes by, and then they decide to refinance the mortgage on the house. So what they do is they go to a lender, and many, many lenders will require people to take the property out of their trust before they'll put a new loan on. So even though the person doesn't want to do it, they have the property taken out of the trust, the new loan is put on the property, and then they neglect to put the property back into their trust. Later on, this person dies, and then the family discovers, oh no, mom's house is not in the trust. Sometimes they discover when they've already put it on the market, sold it, and it's in escrow, and then they run a title report through the escrow and discover that mom took it out five years ago to do a refinance. Well, I'll tell you right now, this is another type of court petition that I do regularly. In fact, um, I've done probably three or four of them in the last two months, and I do them for people all over the state of California. It doesn't matter what county the person lived in. I can assist. And uh, and that means anywhere here in the Bay Area, I don't care if it's in my county, it can be any Bay Area county or beyond, as long as it's in the state of California, I can go to court with what's called a Hegstat petition, H-E-G-G-S-T-A-D. A Hegstat petition allows me to go under a different part of the probate court and use documentation from the estate plan, such as a schedule of assets, an assignment of assets, a pour-over will, which is a special will directing property to somebody's trust. And as long as everybody whose interests are affected agree, we can go into court quickly and I can go in, file a petition, and get a signed court order putting all those loose assets into the trust and do it all in the same day. Now, I can't prepare it and file it in the same day. There's some lead time, but I... Typically, I'm looking at seven to 10 days from the time I'm contacted to having a court order in your hand. And uh, and I can do it in an expedited basis if necessary. I've saved uh, three or four escrows in the last year that were getting ready to close. And then they found it at the last minute that they needed to do this. So if you're facing a situation like that, call me 408 247 Email me at radio at lawbob.com or visit my dedicated website, hegstathelp.com. That's H-E-G-G-S-T-A-D help, all one word, dot com for more information about that. Well, we're coming up on the third break of the show today. Uh, After the break, when we come back, I'm going to talk and maybe round up and summarize what I've covered on the show today. If you didn't um, come in earlier. But until then, uh, we'll come back after this final break for the show today. This is attorney Bob Bergman. I'll talk with you then. Now, back to Plan Your Estate Radio. Once again, your host, estate planning trust and probate law specialist, attorney Bob Bergman. Hi, welcome back for the final segment of our show today uh, together. Uh, in the show, I've been talking about the 
older type trusts that married couples have here in California that require the split of property when one spouse dies into a share for the surviving spouse and then a share that goes into an irrevocable bypass trust that is for the benefit of the surviving spouse, but it has some negative income tax consequences later on down the line when the surviving spouse dies. Um, I uh, have made the offer to those of you out there that if you'd like me to review your existing um, living trust as a married couple, I'm happy to take a look at it. Just scan it and email it to me at radio at lawbob.com. Make sure you give me your name and a good contact telephone number in that email so I can look it over and then either call you back or reply back by email and let you know what I think and let and let you know kind of what kind of trust you have. And then uh, and then we can go from there and see if it might be worthwhile to actually meet face to face and talk about updating or revising uh, the estate plan that you have and bringing it into really bringing it into the 21st century. Uh, I mean, well, the the trusts that were done back um, 15, 20, 30 years ago, they were appropriate for the time. They're not appropriate for most families today. So um, I'm extending that offer to everyone out there who is married here in the Bay Area. Or actually, um, you know, if you're in the state of California and listening, uh, feel free to do that as well. Now, I might get bombarded with these. I don't know. Maybe two or three people will respond. But if it gets to the point where I can't uh, sleep anymore because there's so many people asking me to look things over, then I will probably cut that off and uh, and um, go back to just coming in to meet with me. Now, the second thing is um, I can actually go to court and I can fix a trust like that if your spouse has already passed away. Uh, and um, it it can be fixed even if you have already created that bypass trust, we can fix it to make sure to get the tax benefit for your family. Uh, As the alternative, if you have not administered the trust yet, we can go to court and fix it so that you don't have to divide the assets. It will take um, everyone in the family whose interests are affected uh, has to agree to this, which means if if you have uh, three children and they all get along and they all say, yeah, mom, we think you should do this, then it can be done. If you have one of those children that doesn't want to cooperate at all, well, then you you might be kind of stuck. So, um, but if everyone's on board, then I can do it quickly and efficiently for the family and take care of that. Now, the other thing is when there are loose assets after someone's died with a trust, where they have property that's not put into their trust ownership, then I can go to court under what's called a Hegstat petition, and as long as everybody whose interests are affected agrees, we can get that loose property, whether it's real estate, a bank account, brokerage accounts, um, all kinds of things. I had one not that long ago where there were actually racehorses that needed to get into the ownership of the trust. That's a first for me right there. Probably a first for virtually every estate planning attorney in the state. Um, but I did that a few months ago. And what I can tell you is that uh, it can be done quickly and efficiently, and it can be done to save an escrow from being lost if the property has been sold. And uh, and then it's suddenly determined that the owner of the property didn't have it in their trust in the first place, or they accidentally or intentionally took it out to refinance, 
but then accidentally or negligently forgot to put it back into the trust ownership. For both of those types of petitions, I do have dedicated websites that describe the issues, um, give you information. You can book a consultation through those websites. You can download paperwork to fill out and get to me. Um, for Hegstat petitions, it's hegstathelp.com, H-E-G-G-S-T-A-D help, all one word, dot com. For the trust modification petitions, it's irrevocabletrustdoctor.com. Irrevocable with two R's, by the way, irrevocabletrustdoctor.com. And that's all one word, irre- irrevocable trust doctor. Go take a look, check those out. You can find information on my YouTube channel, Law Offices of Robert P. Bergman. I have some videos up there talking about these issues as well. But please feel free to to scan and email your trust to me. I'll take a look at it. If you have one of these other issues where you think you may need to go to court, uh, you can email me at radio at lawbob or give me a call or even book a consultation to come in and meet with me. I help a lot of people around the state of California, and I'm here to help you with that situation that you're facing right now. You're not alone. I've been doing this a long time, and I'm pretty darn good at it. Now, if you're listening on the 22nd of November, you've been listen- you're listening live to me. If it's the 29th of November, then um, this was recorded last Friday, and uh, so I'm going to be repeating this show a week from today. Um, if you didn't catch all of it, you can hear it again on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock or next Tuesday from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock in the evening. That's uh, my understanding of when the show's rebroadcast. Now, uh, just as a reminder, I do have Living Trust seminars regularly. I do have one coming up right now in the middle of December. People are already registering for it. You can go to lawbob.com where I have a calendar that you can click through to register or go to eventbrite.com and look for the Living Trust Seminar. Um, and this, in this case, it's on December 14th, Saturday morning at 9. So when I come back in two weeks, see you then. This is Attorney Bob Bergman. So long. You've been listening to Plan Your Estate Radio with estate planning attorney Bob Bergman. For more information on today's program or to schedule a consultation, visit lawbob.com, where you'll also find information on his upcoming estate planning seminars. L-A-W-B-O-B, lawbob.com. Or call his office in San Jose, 408-247-0444. That's 408-247-0444. And be sure to tune in next week for more Plan Your Estate Radio. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of this station and are for informational purposes only and should not be construed to be legal, financial, or tax advice. Seek appropriate legal advice regarding your particular situation. Attorney Bob Bergman does not offer any guarantees with regard to the outcome of your legal matter. Prior results in other cases do not guarantee a similar outcome in your case. All rights reserved.